Welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. On today's broadcast, we're continuing the message we began at the beginning of the week where Bishop Clark uses 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 as the foundation scripture for part two of the message, Life with God Requires Change. The devil was fighting me this week, Bishop. I told you last week he was going to fight you. I told you that he's going to fight you next week. But if you apply these scriptures to your life, you will overcome. Man, I'm really going through. The devil is fighting. Well, you need to preach then. Preach the devil is fighting. You may get 100,000 people to show up, but what is the remedy? What are you going to tell them after that? Everybody wants the mic. I've been going through. I'm going through. I'm going through. Been going through a long time. I know you've been going through a long time. But what is the cure? What is the scripture Rx? Did you take your medicine? How many people got medicine in the cupboard but never pull it out to take a pill? They never pop the pill. They sit there and talk about how sick they are. Did you take your medicine? Oh, I forgot. Why do you have medical insurance get to the doctor and won't do what he's telling you to do? Ooh, I'm so constipated. Just drink more water. Ooh, I can't come to church. I'm con Listen. Constipation will be fixed with a gallon of water. You didn't even have to pay for that. Drink a gallon. I don't like water. That's why. Y'all want me to keep preaching? Because yeah. okay. I got a lot to say today. The Rx is right there. The Bible is right there. The word of God is right there for your spiritual constipation, for your spiritual lockups, for your spiritual dehydration. And all you got to do is get it in you. The word is life. It's water. It's seed. It's life. Glory to God. And it is life. And if you get it in you to start flushing things out of you, your mind will start clearing up and you'll sleep better. And thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind has stayed on thee. Glory to God. Just get your mind on it. Whoa, things start working for you. Starts working full circle. Things start happening. Then your behavior changes. Your behavior changes. There's some things you just lose interest in. You just lose interest. And in. you don't want to do it anymore. They offer you the Seagram 7. And you say, I don't need that anymore. I'm beyond that. I like it. I like the taste. I like the way it makes me feel. But I don't need that anymore. Sometimes you have to turn your back on what you like. After a while. 
you won't want it anymore. That's what I do. I have to turn my back on things that my flesh screams after. Mm. I need to take you to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 14. Here Solomon is asleep. His father David is dead and he now sits on the throne. And the scripture says he's asleep and this is what happened. The Lord visited him in a dream. Verse 14 says this. And if thou walk, if thou wilt walk in my ways. To keep my statutes and my commandments. As thy father David did walk. Then I will what? Lengthen thy days now how many of here want to live a long prosperous life come on now be honest with me is there anybody in here want to die tomorrow let me ask that way (laughs) there's nobody in here that wants to give up tomorrow right it may be tough but we all want to live we really believe that something powerful is coming and that's why we want to live We believe something supernatural is coming. We believe a better day is coming. And that's why we get up every morning. That's why we can't get up, give up. We can't die. There's too much life inside of us that won't allow us to die. But listen to what God is saying to the new king. The new one, the one that was just elevated. The one that just got the promotion. The one that just had a wonderful celebration. It's good to have those things. It's good to buy a house. It's good to have a new business. It's good to have a new leash, lease on life. But what you need to understand, if you walk in the ways, walk in my ways to keep my statutes. How would you know my statutes if you haven't searched them out? Or my commandments if you haven't searched them out? So he's implying that Solomon is in the word. You're learning the statutes. And you're learning the judgments and the commandments of the Lord. You also have an example in the earth of your father David who wanted to do the same thing. That is to walk in the statutes and to keep the commandments. So he didn't just say I need you to go out there and do it on your own. I'm giving you an example in the earth of how to flow. And for those that don't have the example, that's why you come to church. We already know David was flawed. We know he wasn't perfect. And when you come to a church, you're going to see imperfect people. But it is not an excuse for you to say, well, I'm done with it. If you want long life, you still need to stick with the things of God. He says, I will lengthen your days. Then in verse 15, Solomon woke up. Ah. Came out of that dream. And behold. It was a dream. It was so real. To him. That he didn't know whether he was in the dream world. Or actually in the. In in reality. Glory to God. And when God speaks. It's not about whether you sleep. Or you're awake. Whatever he says. You need to find yourself doing it. 
Behold, it was a dream. Look at verse 11. And he came to Jerusalem. He was so moved by it. He got up out of his palace and he migrated to Jerusalem. And the scripture says he stood before the ark or the presence of the Lord. So coming out of this dream, he said, I need to get closer to God. Okay. <laughs> Dreams are real. This dream pushed him to the ark. He bows to the ark. He stands before the ark of the covenant, which represents the presence of God in Israel. Look at the word. The scripture says he didn't offer up burnt offerings. He didn't come empty handed. The dream was that real to him that he offered burnt offerings unto the Lord and offered peace offerings. Think about that. He created an aroma. He took the flesh of bullocks and burned it on the altar and you could smell it roasting. Glory to God. Today, we don't have to do that. But from the sacrifice of the fruit of our lips, we need to bring in a burnt offering or peace offering unto the Lord. Which means in praise, we can't, we should be so moved by the visitation of the Lord that when we come here, there's a hot, uh, uh, effervescent praise coming out of our mouth from the fruit of our lips. And we lay our bodies down at the altar as a living sacrifice. Look at this in the scripture says, and he made a feast. Look at this, not for himself, but for all of the servants. Now I want you to think about the track of this man. He is so moved by what he saw in his dream that he got up and he went to Jerusalem, which is an incline, which means he didn't walk there. I mean, he didn't ride in a Mercedes. He, there had to be some grit to getting up there because if you ever go to Jerusalem, the city of David is in an elevated place. So he had to go up to go to Jerusalem. When he got there, he, he got to the Ark of the Covenant. I got to get in the presence of the Lord. Number three, the scripture says he then offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. He created an aroma and then he made a feast for all of his servants, for those who were serving. Let me pull that out right now. We must move from pew occupying occupancy to serving the Lord. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now that God is creating at this time a feast for the servant. That's not people who come to church who's trying to find a flaw. I'm talking about people who want to get up. They're so moved by the move of the spirit. They're not sitting there waiting on the next offense so they can get up out of here. These are people who are saying, I feel that God is calling my life and wants me to do something special. I'm not just going to be a Facebook prophet. I need to activate service to God. That means I need to come under his authority and find something to do within the realm of his house so he can receive glory honor and praise there is a feast for servanthood now, I need to speak on this for a moment notice what the promise of God was if you walk in my statutes keep my commandments I will lengthen your days so the wise king who was given wisdom by God says, if I'm going to live longer, I need to invest in those who are serving because they're going to live with me. I want you to think about it. If I'm going to live longer, if I'm going to be out here for a long time, I need to get with the ones who are serving. Because if they're serving, they're keeping the commandments too. And if he gives me longevity, he's going to give it to them. 
So he didn't invest in the naysayers and the ones that's always talking negative and finding fault. That's not where he is. He's with the servants. He's with the people who are smiling while they're doing the work of God, not complaining. When Sheba came to the court of Solomon, listen to me. The scripture says when she got in, what blew her mind was not just his wisdom or his wisdom keys. It was the servants. She said they smiled. <laughs> oh, God. They worked. They did what they were doing and had a good attitude about it. She had never seen that kind of service in the house. And sometimes we lose the fervor for service. But we should never stand in the way of those who have it. Think about it right now. Where is your level of service, your excitement for it? Everybody, this is what I would like to see at Truth Reveal. If you come here to an 8 o'clock service because I'm about to open up a Saturday night teaching. This is not a full service, but those who want to be equipped for the next move, you can meet me on Saturday night. And I'm going to start teaching about the, the equipper service, what we're going to do in the next phase, how we're going to flow. Because what I would like to see at Truth Reveal, if we come at 8 o'clock, then we, if we stay to 11, we're never sitting here just receiving the word again. We must do something to help the next group coming in to get the word of God and their minds clear so they can begin to function like God wants them to function. I want you to think about this. Where can you serve? So if you came in and you're an usher today, you need to be in the house receiving the word at 11 and somebody else needs to usher. If you came in and got the word, you don't just go home. But what you want to do now is become a greeter, which will be on the outside of the building, not on the inside. So you come down, dress down to greet people with a good attitude. It's going to be hot outside. Well, bring your umbrella and do it while you're doing it. Nobody said amen on that one, right? All y'all that's running your mouths, all in your little room, talking about it. Listen, when it comes to servants, if there's a feast for the servants, you're going to see things thin out. Because right. people that complain a lot ain't serving. Right. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you want to knock your, yourself from complaint, start serving. All we do is sit down and talk about what they didn't do and where they're at. And they should have done it this way. And I don't agree with that. But once you start serving, you don't have a heart to listen to all of that foolishness. These people aren't contaminated with things outside of Jerusalem because they were busy what? Serving. There's a feast for servanthood. Notice right after that, verse 16, right after the feast, Solomon is about to be tested in the very thing. That's why shifts are so important. He's about to be tested in the very thing that God blessed him with. Verse 16, then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. Now I want you to take note. I'm talking about Solomon's courts now. The king's wisdom is activated when his ear heard of a major malady or problem within the kingdom. Some of us got all this word and we wonder why it's not activated. It's because all we do is sit around holy people. Sit around people that think like us and they act like us and they look like us. 
But what God has invested in you is designed to help the maladies that's out there. I'm talking about the people who don't know who he is. They're not in the court right now. They're out there in their hamlets and in their villages doing all kinds of crazy things. But their problems are going to push them into the court. And we need to have the kind of wisdom and how to deal with it when they get there. That's why servants need to be activated. Notice they didn't talk to any servants. No servant told them they weren't worthy. No usher told them you got to get yourself straight before you come in here. You better pull your dress down. You better take off those earrings. We can't have no tattoos. They let them come into the king's court. I want you to think about it. This is a royal court. This is purple and gold and diamonds. This is major. And here stands before the king two harlots. If they showed up here or any church tomorrow, if you don't have yourself together, religion will say, what are they doing here? Ah, help me, Jesus. Religion will say, that's not me. Or if you saw harlot in your church, you found out three weeks from now that there was one in the midst. How do you deal with it? If you're serving, you'll be better prepared for it. If you're sitting on your high horse, you won't make it. Okay, I'm going to preach it anyway. The king's wisdom was activated only when a malady or problem showed up. And what's in you will not be activated. The God in you will not be activated. The help in you will not be activated. The love in you will not be activated until a problem shows up. Honestly, David said, it is good that I was afflicted. Because now I know your love. It's one thing to live a life where you've never done this and never done that. And you'll come from that. You'll come from that in the way you share it. But when you've gone through a few things in your life and you've come up short a few times, it does something to you, glory to God. When you see someone standing in the court and they can't praise and they're shackled in their ways, they don't know who God is, yet they're standing in the courts. They can't go to the drug man. They can't go back to their suitor because those things didn't work for them. They came into the house of the Lord. And when they came into the house or when they come into the house, they need to find peace now. Two harlots were welcomed into the court of royalty. They didn't have to wash. They didn't have to brush their teeth. They didn't have to scrub or learn the language of the court. Yet Solomon allowed them to stand before him. Help me. The king always welcomes those who are unworthy. Let me say it again. The king, I didn't say religion. I didn't say our experience. I said the king always welcomes those who are unworthy. They're standing in his presence. The scriptures say they're standing, but they're not bowing. They're not even worshiping. If you knew anything about the order of the court, you come before the king, you're supposed to bring a gift. Yeah. 
You come before the king, you're supposed to bow. But they stand. Violated all protocol. Yet the king allowed it to happen. Glory to God. And God wants to open up churches, hallelujah, for those who are unworthy. They're part of the community and they're unworthy. They don't know our language. They're not a part of the commissioned. They're part of the community. And God is trying to drive them in to the house of God so they can stand in the presence of the king and get instruction to change their life. We can't block them. So the greeter in the new house, hallelujah, in the latter house, needs to have it in their mind. It doesn't matter who they are. You need to be trained that you smile and greet everybody coming in. You need to dress appropriately. You may not be able to wear a gown like I'm wearing or a, a uniform like I'm wearing or civic attire like I'm wearing and a collar and a chain. You may have to come in with a t-shirt, glory to God. But when you welcome them, clap your hands because these people are coming out of the community into the house of God. God to stand in the court of our God and if they stand in the court they may be able to get planted in the court go uh, uh, to be uh, stationed in the court so they can flourish in the house of God glory to God thank you Jesus standing in the presence not bowing one of the first things we see that as soon as Solomon had asked God for wisdom he granted him, but he was immediately tested in that area. You want to ask God for peace? Well, he's going to test you with confusion. God, I need more patience. Well, patience comes through tribulation. You need patience, but you need to understand whatever he graces you with, you will be tested in it. Get, get this in your mind. Stop thinking it's strange concerning fiery trials as something strange is happening to you. No test is taking you but such that it's common to man. But you need to be able to push through the test to see that God is the faithful one. He won't allow you to go through it without giving you strength. When God starts processing a leader, he would take them through mental changes. Sometimes you won't even feel like you're worthy or you fit in. But God is trying to process something out in your soul. As soon as you pray about it, you'll be tested in it. You pray about something, you get tested in the thing that you're praying about. You declare victory in an area, you get tested in the area that you're declaring victory. As soon as you say that we were not, we're not going to do this or we're not going to do that anymore, you'll be tested with temptation. As soon as God gives you some extra money, here comes a test. See, will you tithe and give? You told him, if you give me extra, I'll sacrifice it to you. When it comes in, oh God, something else happened. I think I'll go on a cruise. I'm preaching today. As soon as we think we're over a stronghold, something that's been gripping us for years, you get tested in that very area. Say, I'm not going to be a marijuana junkie anymore. Somebody shows up with a pipe. 
read about you. What you got in your hand? I got a pipe. And you know you should tell them to go home, but you invite them in anyway. That's why you need to own the transition, own this moment. Repeat after me, I own this season of transition. Amen. It's not theirs. You need to own it yourself. Say, I own it. It's my transition. It's my time to shift. Let's go. Hi, I'm Pastor Sabrina Clark. We've rebranded our women's ministry. The new name is Awaken. Awaken means to arouse from sleep, to stop sleeping, enlightenment, illumination. Ladies, it's time to rise and shine. I would like to cordially invite you to our 15th annual women's conference. It's entitled Rise and Shine. Ladies, this conference was created just for you. With a registration fee of only $35, you get two days of powerful praise and worship along with prolific and anointed speakers. Friday, September 13th at 7.30 a.m., the conference kicks off with a time of intercessory prayer led by our international prayer ministry, followed by a morning full of praise, worship, informative training sessions with the exhortation done by our senior pastor, Bishop Merton L. Clark. Friday evening, the conference continues promptly at 7.30 p.m. as we gather for another powerful worship experience featuring an anointed word given by our special guest, Bishop Julia M. McMillan, Senior Pastor of New Dawn Restoration Center in Tampa, Florida. On Saturday morning, be sure to wear your denim and pearls because we're back at it at 10 a.m. for day two of our conference featuring a special message by our conference host, Pastor Sabrina Clark. Ladies, mark your calendars for the Awakened Women's Conference, Rise and Shine, Friday morning, September 13th, starting at 7.30 a.m., Friday evening, September 13th, starting at 7.30 p.m., and Saturday morning, September 14th, starting at 10 a.m. For more information and to register for the conference, go to the official conference website at www.truthrevealed.org. It's time to be aroused to purpose, to destiny, to fulfill your God-given potential. Set your eyes on the present and embrace your future. I'll see you at the conference. <laughs> That's for the struggle. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. 
Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2494. That's reference number 2494. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability, but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God loves you, and so do I. I want you to be encouraged. Lift up your head and let the King of Glory come in. Who is this King? He's our Lord, our Savior. He's mighty and strong, and He's mighty to fight in every battle that you're facing. Until next time, God bless you and keep you is my prayer. <laughs>